and welcome to Medium Cool, a movie podcast. I'm your host, Austin Glidden, and as always, you can find us on social media at Medium Cool Pod, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. That's facebook.com backslash Medium Cool Pod. Medium Cool Pod on Instagram, if you type that in, will pop up. And at Medium Cool Pod on Twitter, you can also email us at mediumcoolpod at gmail.com. You can find me, Austin Glidden, at Austin Glidden on Twitter. Hit me up on there. You can also find me on Letterboxd and... You can also subscribe or follow this podcast, which would really help us out. I really appreciate it ahead of time. Thank you for doing it. If you if you feel so inclined, leave us a rating and a review. That also helps content creators. And in this case, we are the content creators, so thank you very much. Now, wow, you, you might be thinking, hey, what's up, man? You were supposed to release this episode yesterday. Well, guess what? I've been busy. I just got a new job, and it's wild. And I love it. But man, I just, the only thing on my brain was leaving my last job and getting my new job. So I, I, I woke up uh, yesterday when the episode was supposed to air. And I went half the day doing, because I'm still learning stuff at my new job. It's kind of like an orientation type thing. So my mind is solely focused on on all of that. And then uh, I, like halfway through the day, I realized, oh, fuck, I didn't post an episode today. My first mistake, like this is the first time this has ever happened, so I'm trying not to beat myself up about it, but I had no content either because I've just been prepping for this new job so much, completely forgot. So basically today, I'm gonna, I, I decided this is going to be the first kind of medium cool classic episode that we're going to release. We're re-releasing my conversation with Joe. Joe was, came along for the ride, and uh, we talked to Andy Williams from Every Time I Die or All Elite Wrestling's The Butcher. Um, man, he is awesome. Hopefully you've listened to this already. Um, but, uh, yeah, I thought I would just re-release this. And, uh, if you haven't went back to listen to this yet, if you're a newer listener and you haven't went back to those early episodes, uh, cause this was way early, uh, man, y- you gotta check this one out. I, I re- this is one of my favorite interviews and one of my favorite episodes. I think it's super funny. I think it's really great. And, uh, you'll notice that, uh, through the episode, you will hear um, Andy Williams say, man, you know, because I'm having such a good time, like, I need to come back on here and talk about the movie Mandy. And he promises that he's going to be on here, all right? He even texts me later. He's like, dude, I promise. We'll do this. And we haven't done it yet. So everybody needs to harass Andy Complains. That's his, uh, like, name on social media, Andy Complains. You can find him on Instagram, Facebook. Well, I don't know about Facebook, but Instagram and Twitter, he's Andy Complains. Go find him and be like, dude, get back on Medium Cool, man. We want to hear your thoughts on Mandy, and we want to hear you guys talk about it. So that's what I want to happen. Uh, so you should definitely get him to do that. Um, but I do want to say next week, uh, we, we definitely have an episode coming up because I have a guest. It's the Owner of the Film Yap, this is not Joe, because Joe is not with the Film Yap anymore, but it is Chris Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd is the uh, guy at the Film Yap, and he's also, you know, he works with um, uh, uh, television, all kinds of stuff, this guy. He, he's he's cool. He'll tell you about himself, uh, and we'll talk about him some more next week. But uh, next week's also Robert De Niro, we're going to be celebrating Robert De Niro's birthday. So he chose the movie Midnight Run. And uh, the listeners, because I put a poll up a while back, and uh, you guys chose The Deer Hunter. So we're going to talk about both of those movies next week. So uh, yeah, everything should be kind of back to normal 
next week. Uh, but without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and play uh, my uh, mine and Joe's conversation with Andy Williams. If you've listened to it before, this is your chance to kind of revisit it because it is a really good time. And if you haven't watched the movie Mandy, I know Andy, well, that rhymes, wow. But I know that Andy Williams would strongly encourage you to go watch Mandy tonight. So go check it out. Um, all that said, again, sorry guys that I, I that this was uh, delayed. Hopefully you understand. And uh, I hope you enjoy this conversation with Andy Williams. Here we go. I'll just say this real quick, Andy, uh, just to start. Um, I was listening to an interview with you, um, and I'm spacing his name, but it's a dude from Unearth. You guys did this awesome. Oh, Ken uh, Susie. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Um, you talked about um, a that you're just a sucker for competitive reality shows like Project dude. Runway, dude. Dude, what do you fuck with in that reality? <laughs> like, what's your thing? Oh, man. I, I, I'm not kidding you. I fuck with Project Runway, like, changed my mind. And then uh, RuPaul's Drag Race, like, literally changed it more. Like, like drag queens don't understand that they could make millions of dollars in pro wrestling. <laughs> really? Like, they're so entertaining, and they just get it. They understand, like, they understand working. It's, it's crazy. They're, that show is, like, there's so much depth to that show it like literally would open everybody's eyes if everyone could just watch rupaul's drag race <laughs> I, right. honestly it really would right right out the gate that that's our biggest uh, that's gonna be the biggest push you know good <laughs> the almighty push I honestly for think it would, I, like it would change the world and would open people's eyes to something that like they normally would never see you know what i mean and like yeah. anyone who's like even weird about lgbtq like that show would open your eyes and realize that like there's people out there dealing with some shit that i didn't mean to take it that route but like it like it, it that show is so, there's so many so much depth to that show it's so important dude yeah i'll have to watch it because you know uh see here i am taking it further uh we'll, we'll get to some questions in a minute but you know like uh I remember uh, after like the whole the George Floyd and all the protests and everything. I remember my wife and I started looking into like uh, uh, the LGBT community and people of color, like that kind of blend, yeah. right? Um, of and just finding, trying to find art created by and for these people, you know, and things like that. And that's something um, we should totally watch. I'll have to, I, I will bring Dude, it up to my wife, and we will we will watch incredible. it. Incredible. Start, I mean, right now, if you want, you just go, like, I think it's on, oh, man, I think up to season eight is on Amazon for free. Nice. You know, with the with the subscription or whatever like that, um, or it's Hulu. I think it's Hulu has, like, up to season eight or whatever. I'll tell you what, start with season four. It's it's, it's a barn burner. <laughs> and then the, the most recent one, the most recent one was, like, the first time, I mean, an entire year of my band's existence is gone because of COVID, right? Yeah. So like March twelfth, every time I was uh, every time I died, I was playing in Chicago. Before doors were open, the governor made a mandate that uh, no crowd under a thousand was allowed. This is literally doors were opening, like people were in line. We had 
1,200 people at the show. Yeah. So 1,200 tickets sold. And there's a mandate that only 1,000 are allowed in a building. Literally, as doors are opening. Yeah. And we were supposed to have a show the next day in Detroit and then a show in Pittsburgh, which was going to be Code Orange's like re- record release show. Whoa. And all of it got taken away. I mean, insane. Um, so, yeah. Speaking of which, you know, I'll, I'm just going to jump to it, man. Like with COVID and stuff, like, of course, AEW is still running and Tony Khan yeah. seems to have a pretty good tight ship with testing Absolutely. and keeping all that open. It's, it's fucking awesome that you guys have like an open space at Daly's place. Um, yeah. And you can like have some fan. I think that's fucking awesome, dude. But like yeah. every time I die is like you guys are kind of just floating right now. Right. I mean, I heard you guys have a new record and you're just kind of sitting crazy. on it. Like what? I mean, just, you know, you don't have to go on if you don't want. But like what's like what is that like right now? What's living through covid like for Andy Williams? I It's it's strange because I dude I bought a house right at that time, too. So like. I bought a house right when the shutdown happened. And like our, our realtor was like, I mean, uh, two days later, I would have never been able to show you this house. You know, like we, we literally got the cutoff or whatever. So like financially it's strange because you have that responsibility of like, now I own a house and I have to upkeep the house. Now the money that I was making with every time I die and then whatever indie show I was making at the time when I was wrestling on the indies, it was like, you don't realize, like, with every time I die, everything is, like, like lump sum from tours. So, like, there's yeah. tours that, like, you could make, you know, a, a good amount of money, and there's tours where you don't make a lot of money, right? So, like, I think that got me prepared for COVID to just know that, like, my life has always just done this, like. I'm broke. I have money. I'm broke. I have money. I'm broke. <laughs> yeah. I'm having money. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, I, to be honest with you, man, to go back to what you said about Tony Khan, like I owe Tony Khan everything because he hired me when he didn't have to hire me. And, um, I've been, ha- I have a paycheck literally going through COVID. Um, the first three months were really weird because New York was on lockdown. So like we mm. couldn't travel, we couldn't get down here to wrestle, you know? And, um, and then he, you know, because of the NFL, he made us like essential workers down here and he takes such good care of us. I literally, I've been tested two times. I landed at one o'clock. Holy shit. That's awesome. And I've already had two tests. Yeah. He's, he's incredible, man. He's, he's literally a saint. I mean, wh- um, so that's like it. And now it's like to go on the other thing, dude, like I wrestled Moxley for a heavyweight championship, right? Yeah. Literally the coolest thing I'm I'm probably ever gonna do in wrestling, right? And <laughs> and then every time I die records what I think is the greatest every time I die record. And I can't you can't I can't show anyone anything. I can't play anything. For a year, dude, it's been recorded it was recorded done in February, like the end of February. So like it's it's insane that you're sitting on this thing that you think is a masterpiece. And like, I remember I was like keeping up with my chops, like the, like the month of March, I'm like playing guitar every day, April, I'm playing guitar every other day, you know what I mean? Like from there, like June, I'm playing guitar, like it, it just, and then like, I picked up my guitar 
for the first time after like a month and a half of just like sitting around the other day and I was like, oh my God, man, like dude, I'm it's not, th- I'm like literally just a dude that gets thrown on my neck now and I'm not a guitar player. <laughs> <laughs> but dude, like, like ring rust translates to music. You know what I mean? Oh, 100%. <laughs> like, like if you aren't 100%. keeping it up, man, like that is, yeah. it's a chore, dude. Like I, I, I feel you it's there, crazy. man. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I like, I'm fortunate enough to have like a terminator of a girlfriend. My girlfriend's like the most go-getter of all go-getters. So like when I'm getting like doldrums, I'm fucking definitely now. Let's go work out. Come on, come on, get up. Let's go. You know, and like she'll get me moving, or like she'll be like, "Hey, you play guitar?" Like, uh, you should play a little guitar today. Okay. You know what I mean? Like that's awesome, dude. It's so weird, man. I don't, I've never had this much time off in my life yeah. either. So like, and I'm wrestling. You know what I mean? But like, I only wrestle on Wednesdays. You know yeah. what I mean? So like, it's one day a week. Because and then I mean, the other days of the week, it's you know, I'm like doing house stuff. Yeah. I'm a grown up now. It's insane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like you know, I I also heard you talking about you know, playing music keeps you young. Like you never feel like Absolutely. you have a job because you love it. You know what I mean? And it's just a thing that you do. Yeah. And yeah, now now you're now you're at what, 42, 43, something uh, like that? Yeah, I'll be 43 December 12th. There you yeah. go. Uh, early happy birthday to you. But, you Thank know, there you, <laughs> like there you go, man. You're growing up at 43. It's insane. <laughs> um, it's awesome, dude. dude I I want to I want to quickly uh kind of wrap around uh real quick cuz we we could talk about COVID forever because I would love to just you know, uh, Joe and I, um, you know, we, 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 we love wrestling. We listen to JR's podcast, JR Grilling, and, and uh, Conrad Thompson will always be like, this is red-ass JR. Well, I got a sign of red-ass Joe uh, on, our <laughs> la- <laughs> on our last episode of bonus content when we talked about COVID um, because yeah. it, like, it sucks because you see people walking around without masks or you see yeah. people, like, not following and as someone, you know, I don't play music currently, but for, off and on for the last 20 plus years, I was also playing like metal, hardcore, all that stuff. And it pisses me the fuck off that I have so many friends that play music and, you know, yeah. and, and you, like everybody, right? And you, because these assholes won't follow the fucking rules, shit gets pushed further back. Like your record is on hold yeah. now. Because yeah. this dude wants to dick nose his fucking mask. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's crazy. And and it but it's like upsetting to me. So um we could I, I mean we could totally all go red ass on that whole thing. But the point <laughs> yeah. is, you know, I, w- I want to talk about every time I die real quick if you're down, Andy. Um of course. You know, I, I know that when correct me where if I'm wrong here, but I'm pretty sure when you were eighteen you started wrestling, correct? Like that was when you first kind of yeah. started. Yeah. Um, yeah. so tell me a little bit about when you first started wrestling and how that ended up getting shelved and playing music. Like it what was, was just that training? It was just training at that time. So like I had signed this like weird deal with this company in right over the border. Uh, it was in Hamilton, Ontario called Renegade Wrestling Association. And, um, I went there for about four months and blew my knee out. I blew my ACL and yeah. my left leg. So it was like pretty much at that time, like dream was over. Like I, you know, my mom and dad are like super blue collar. Um, 
and it that was my chance you know what i mean like at wrestling and i blew my acl so they were kind of just like let's move on you know what's next i ended up working in like a factory Mm -hmm. with my dad you know what i mean like stuff like that and while i was doing it i was just playing guitar because i was shelved from an acl injury so i really couldn't be active and uh that's literally how every time i die kind of i guess started um i just put, took guitar more you know like played guitar the worst part is, is that like i've always been obsessed with wrestling and i never stopped watching wrestling it wasn't like i tore my acl and i was like ah oh, fuck you know what i mean like there goes wrestling yeah yeah you know, I, I still followed it and like every once in a while i would get in the ring you know what i mean like i through the years and like hit the ropes or something like that whenever i could and um yeah, like touring just kept happening, touring kept happening. And I kept getting these like weird little shitty injuries like over the years, like with playing in the band, like whether it's my back or my fucking knees or my ankles, you know what I mean? Like dude, running around on stage, stage diving, doing stupid shit when you're not supposed to, <laughs> like will fuck you up. Obviously, Absolutely. you guys know this, right? And right around, I think it was like, 2000 and like i started back up when i was 36 like started taking it serious when i was 36 so that would have been like 2014 i literally like put a bunch of weight on um and i i grew a big beard i grew long hair and was just like all right i guess i'm just like the rocker dude now like fuck (laughs) athletics um fuck being a wrestler like that's it i'm gonna be the the big dude that plays guitar in this band. You know what I mean? Like, yep. and I, I just got like really depressed. You know what I mean? Like that type of shit. Cause I just couldn't, I couldn't get these like injuries to go away. I just kept doing it. And then like started doing like some fundamental training. And I got this like weird, I got a weird fight in England where like three like British drunk dudes, like bought me at the same time. <laughs> what and, the fuck? Hold and, on. Like, you got to tell this story. Wait, what happened? It was it was just like a late night. Dudes were drinking, oh. and we were like parked outside the venue. Someone threw trash at our shit, like our vehicle that we were in at the time. And like I just went outside, and I remember like a dude like running at me, and then like I'm just fighting. You know what I mean? Like it was just <laughs> yeah. one of those things. It was just like <laughs> I'm just fighting, and like it, I got hit with a bottle. Oh, you know what I mean? Just like weird shit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and I remember like at the end of it like they were as bad as i was you know what i mean so like all the injuries i have and this isn't me trying to be like a tough guy like oh man i beat up three guys <laughs> but like i knew that like they were in the same shape i was and i knew what shape i was i was kind of fucked up like had a cut in my mouth like a, my head was all fucked up but i'm like all right three dudes are here like i'm not ever gonna this is never gonna happen to me again yeah. like i never want to be that again and like I was blown up. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. started crying. My adrenaline was going. And like, it was it literally like in my head was like, okay, you guys are movie buffs. So like, I'm a huge movie buff. So like something about Mary after Mary tells him that she's going to go back with Brett Favre. He goes outside <laughs> and he's crying and he's hyperventilating. He's like, <laughs> and I was doing that. And I'm, I'm walking down the street. This was in Oxford, England. And I'm walking down the street. And I get to the end of the corner and all three of the dudes with their girlfriends are there. And they're like, the girlfriends are like wiping them up and stuff like that. 
and I'm fucking crying. I'm, I'm like literally, <laughs> and I like, walk, I just needed to take a walk, and I'm fucking walking down the thing, and they're there, and they're like, no oh, man, we don't want to fight anybody. We don't want to fight. I was like, oh, and I just like, kept walking, and just like. I just remember I, I was like, fuck, I got to do something. It was just that was like the that was the thing that the catalyst that got me to like start working out. And then I got back and like Pepper, Jesse, Blade, whatever the fuck you want to call him. Yeah. He like had just started training dudes at this place called Grapplers Anonymous in Buffalo. And it was um, it was a dude named Brandon Thurston, Mikey Every Night and then Pepper Parks. And I was like, well, fuck. Jesse was like, yo, why don't you come and hit the ropes and like see what happens? And there it is. And that literally was like it. And I had no aspirations of ever doing it uh, in front of a crowd. I just wanted to like help dudes and bump for them and like yeah. help dudes like be better wrestlers. You know what I mean? Not a trainer, but like the guy that like got trained on, I guess. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. The bump dummy. Yeah. Um, and I just kept getting better and better and. It, yeah, it was just inevitable that I had to start like working shows and stuff. And sure, that was kind of like the short but long story of it. <laughs> no, that's don't ever get in a fight in Oxford if you do, or or get in a fight in Oxford because you'll do something cool after. Apparently, <laughs> so. yeah, that's the, that's clearly the the moral of the story. Go, yeah, go right. go to Oxford to fight because it will pay off. Um, yeah, no, like when did you meet Jesse? You guys have been friends forever. A long time. Yeah, long time. Yeah. Um yeah. and and we, did you guys meet through wrestling or or music? We met through actually the Buckley brothers and Steve Mitchke. So like the the three of the members of the band had went to school with him like high school. And like you guys know how it is like when you're at like a party like obviously you, if you guys are like different you guys are different guys. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's yeah. not like like if we're doing this podcast right now, like this isn't a podcast about the NFL. This isn't a podcast <laughs> yeah. about like the band disturbed or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> like we're doing this because we're different type of people. You know what I mean? And, and the one thing, whether you like movies, music, wrestling, if you have a thing, there's other people out there that do that thing that do other things that you don't do. So yeah. like, wrestling me and jesse talk about all the time that like dress wrestling is the only thing that would like me you know what i mean like if i could keep going like kevin nash i'm trying to think of like people i've met through wrestling because of wrestling yeah and like any type you time you meet someone and they are wearing like any type of shirt. If there's a guy out there wearing a fucking Shibata shirt and you like Shibata, <laughs> yeah. you can walk up to him and go, yeah. well, fuck, I can talk to this guy. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Dude, yes. And it's just like hardcore. Like, if you guys came up in hardcore, metalcore, stuff like that, like, it's the same thing. If you see someone wearing an American Nightmare shirt or something like that, you're going to go, oh, that guy's my kind of guy. Yeah. Even though he's driving a fucking Mercedes Benz or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, there's... With our geekness, there's no there's no monetary line. You can be broke, you can have a shit ton of money, but like if you're a wrestling fan, you're a fucking wrestling fan. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't change. You know what I mean? And it like mm -hmm. American Nightmare doesn't change. Bane doesn't change. 
whether the you know there's no like it's not like when you're in elementary school and kids were making fun of you because you had like a cheap pair of sneakers on like right. it's never going to happen mm-hmm. and yeah. i think that's like i think that that's like the most beautiful part of what wrestling is or like just having a niche you know what i mean and yeah. like again to go back to like rupaul's drag race like <laughs> they always back each other regardless of like if they're an important drag queen or not an important drag queen everybody's treated equally and it's really nice i i, I think that's like the coolest thing about wrestling or or having your like little nerd um, you know yeah, everybody yeah. can go watch the fucking nfl you know what i mean right. like but like not everyone's gonna watch rupaul's drag race you know what i mean <laughs> it, it's funny you were saying you, you say that we uh yesterday austin and i were interviewing a director of a movie yeah. And about two or three minutes in, I'm looking, you know, and it's like, you know, it's like this, right? Where you can just kind of see the top of his shirt. Yeah. And, I, and I'm like surreptitiously texting Austin. I'm like, dude, is he wearing a Terry Funk shirt? And I can see like the Texas flag and like of a course. head with a bandana. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's a Terry Funk shirt. Which is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. All right. Yeah. 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 That, that happens. And, and I love the, the Shibata thing because it, it's awesome. You could see someone with a Hulk Hogan shirt or a Stone Cold Steve Austin. And that mm-hmm. doesn't mean they're a huge the fan. Thing. You know what I mean? It's like people no. wearing like a Misfits shirt anymore. Like you see that, yes. like models wear that, right? Like, did you really listen yeah. to the Misfits? That's why like, I say Shibata. Yeah, yeah. But you get into like Shibata. Yeah, yeah. Or any any New Japan or like, exactly. you know, like yeah. any guy on the indies, like prior to AEW, most of the roster, yeah. <laughs> you know, right. like, you know, yeah. if I saw, if I saw, um, I almost said Boris and the Blade, but if I saw uh, the Butcher and the Blade shirt prior to AEW, yeah. I'm talking to you because one, oh, you're a wrestling fan, but two, you probably dig every time I die. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, so but my favorite thing though, and you probably get this, and you've probably gotten this in the AEW locker room where like now meeting people, because listening to AEW Unrestricted, I learned things about so many of these people I would have never thought. Like I didn't know never. for a long time that, you know, uh uh um Audrey Edwards was uh, a, a game developer or like, you know, yeah. I knew Kenny was a, a huge gamer and stuff. But w- what I love is, like, when I talked to Bane, it was because of their documentary was coming out and I got the opportunity. And I'm talking to him about, like, hardcore and stuff. And then, you know, like, Bedard and Zach start geeking out about movies. And then I'm in heaven. I love finding, I love finding, like, the other thing. You know, like, yeah. like, yeah. You're, like you're, you're a musician and you're a wrestler. But, like, yeah. you just said you're a movie geek. I love that. Like, I want to yeah. jump into that. <laughs> Please, every- dude, I, I, I could talk movies all day long. Like, it's I, like I, I'm literally like in the middle of like writing a concept of doing like a graphic novel based on like the butcher, the blade and the bunny like character. But I see it in movie form like mm-hmm. first. So I always see things. I'm a very visual person. So like even music, like I've never learned how to play music in my life. I just picked up a guitar and was like, oh, this is cool, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I made shapes with my hand, and I still see those shapes to my day, to this day. You know what I mean? I so do. everything is very visual for me. And, like, I can always, like, like the, the record Hot Damn, like, I wasn't getting anything inspired. I wasn't getting inspired by music. I wasn't getting, like, all my go-tos I wasn't getting inspired to. And Dogtown and Z-Boys, the documentary had come out right at that time. Yeah. The soundtrack, the way Stacey Peralta directed that, like, 
created something in my head where every day I would work, I would come home from work, I would put Dog Pound and D-Boys on, pick up my guitar, and songs were just coming to me. And it's yeah. the weirdest thing, you know what I mean? And it, it like, but it like, again, like to talk about how good Dog Pound and Z-Boys is, like, <laughs> like it's the perfect documentary for skateboarding at that time. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's like that, that like recently, like I'm not like much of a horror guy. Like I like horror movies, but like, like I can't do like, like crazy gratuitous gore, like for the sake of just being gory. Like yeah. there's no point to it. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. So like me and my girlfriend, like leading up to Halloween, instead of doing 31 days of, we just did 15 days of horror. <laughs> yeah. And we usually keep it around like psychological thrillers. You know what I mean? Like, well, like we watch like Event Horizon, like yeah. stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, um, and again, like I wasn't gonna play my guitar, and then like I started watching these psychological thrillers, and then I'm like playing guitar, and I'm like, God damn it! And I'm re- yeah. writing music, which is like, dude, I have a whole record no one's heard. Why am I writing music? You know what I mean? I, I do one hundred percent. Yeah, because if I'll use the record your record that you just mentioned, Hot Damn, I remember listening to Keith's lyrics and the feeling I got to that record back in, what was it, 2003 or something? Yeah, yeah, 2003. And I remember listening to that, and I had just gotten into film. That was like the year I I broke through and saw something I'd never seen before, and from there it was on, right? What was it? Amelie. Funny story. Just real quick, funny story. I love that. My my, uh, wife, Amanda, who I'm married to now, we dated back in 2003, and my yeah. friend Riley tried to show us the movie Amelie, and at the yeah. time I refused to watch subtitles. So I, yeah. I, uh, they come on, and I just lay my head down like fuck this, and I just lay my head down on her lap yeah. and go to sleep. So I go to sleep, and she's like pissed. Okay, <laughs> and yeah. um, we broke up shortly after that, and for like fourteen years, I thought she broke up with me because I didn't watch Amelie. But a- after we broke up. I watched it to try to find like common ground with her because I yeah. missed her and I wanted to connect with her. And I didn't even think of her at that point. That movie blew my mind so much that yeah. I just like had to go. And so I'm like trying to find all these other movies. And my friend's like, Hey, go check out the French new wave. Hey, go check out Kurosawa. Go check this out. And I, dude, I, I went from much like I went from listening to my mom's CDs when I was 12 to listening to yeah. like, christian hardcore and metal because i grew up in the church with my my family and so i was like living sacrifice zayo like norma jean like all of these bands uh over time well no i listened to Uh, hostfall though i counted them (laughs) yeah i was friends with them they're from our neck of the woods yeah yeah um but yeah all, all those bands man i was like eating it up going to shows all the time um but i went from like whitney houston to like death metal like you know what oh, i mean yeah. and and movies was the same I way yeah my favorite movies were like dumb and dumber and the rock and then i went to like <laughs> french new wave you know what i mean yeah still two great movies still yeah two great movies wrong with that. I, I was telling yeah. joe i was like i gotta go back and see dumb and dumber because it's been so long i feel like i'd still appreciate it the rock i'm nervous about i kind of just want to leave it in my it's brain great. i want to leave it in my brain as like this thing i loved yeah but i feel like i have to have an updated opinion do you think i'll like it i this is okay so I, i've been and i want like people who are watching this just try this for this it's a the audacity of it in pro wrestling is the greatest thing ever 
take something that you think aged terribly, write it down verbatim as to like how it would be written down on paper, not what you're seeing. Like Nicholas Cage goes to prison, blah, blah. look at it that way and then see how easy it would be to write that movie and film that movie. Because like wrestling in the eighties, if you put it on paper, like I'll give you right now, I always use this one as an instance of like, because Jim Cornette is like the worst guy. Right. So, <laughs> uh, he does, he like, does hate your employer, first, which really makes me sad, but go ahead. <laughs> the first wrestling match I've ever seen, right. That I remember was, and I'm going to do it on paper. A man with a ra- a tennis racket wearing a shiny red jacket and red pants who looked like a nerd came out and behind him was an out of shape man wearing a shiny jacket with a mullet kind of like my kind of like the female gym teacher that I ha- I currently had at that time right <laughs> then another man with an okay body comes out with a beard and he's acting like every woman thinks he's very sexy. They're also wearing spandex. They go to a ring. They go to a, a boxing ring where there is a scaffold over it. Okay. Then, (laughs) then a tiny man with a black beard and blonde hair comes out wearing sunglasses and a newspaper followed by two of the craziest looking human beings I've ever seen. <laughs> one man has one man has a mohawk and his face painted. He's wearing shoulder pads with spikes and he's the largest man. He's bigger than Arnold Schwarzenegger who is my hero at the time. Followed by a man with a spider web tattooed on his face. <laughs> they walk to the ring, climb a thing and then I'm supposed to believe that these little men with no body have any right being near these two animals that are there. Man in funny jacket with tennis racket falls and breaks his legs in the ring. That's the first wrestling match I ever seen. (laughs) If you say it like that and then go back and watch it, you'll have so much fun. Yeah. So like the rock, write it down on paper and then watch the movie and just start check marking the things like that you remembered and go like that is so stupid god this is great yeah dude you know yeah I mean? I, i'm start- all about reliving like those experiences and even if i can't appreciate them the same way i did before i can enjoy things that's something that annoys me actually and you might get this with other things is like some people think because I went to school and studied film or like yeah. you know I'm I'm like in it You're and like I snobby. because I call it film or like whatever you know Yeah you no, like, you think like, that people think you're snobby Yeah 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 and and it's it's annoying because it's like I can still enjoy a movie it's just sometimes movies don't have something for me to enjoy and that's okay you enjoy yeah. it I want you to love what you love but yes. yeah, I'm I'm with you though. Like I, I can go back and watch something that I loved as a kid, and even if it's shit now, like I'll remember what I saw it as then. Of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm, here, I'm, I'm on your you, bus. I'll give you a good example right here. What's your favorite burger? What's the best burger you've ever had? Oh, dude. All right. If you have, let me just quick thing. Explain it, please. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the best burger I've ever had was at a place called Kuma's Corner. Do you know Kuma's Amazing Corner? Amazing place. Yeah, yeah. So yep. there's yeah, one in Indianapolis. 
Yeah, there's one. <laughs> that's right. They have it every time it happens. Yeah. If for for any listeners that that don't know what Kuma's Corner is, it's in Chicago, and they have one in Indianapolis, and all Fantastic. of it's a metal themed like gourmet burger place, and all of the yeah. burgers are named like the Zeppelin, like Led Zeppelin, Black yeah. Sabbath, Every Time I Die. They had a special when when my band played with Zayo a few years back. They had a Zayo burger for that week. You know, Love it. <laughs> like that Love kind of a thing. But uh, the Led Zeppelin, dude. Big, yeah, thick, okay. like half pound or so patty of burger. This awesome, I think it's a pretzel bun, but they put fucking, <laughs> you're cracking me up. They put fucking um, uh, pulled pork on top of it. And there's Amazing. like a pit, dude, it's, I could just go on. It's making me hungry. But <laughs> so, think of that. Think of that burger. That's, that's the movie that you're, that's, that's Kurosawa, right? That's fucking Fellini. That's the Cohen brothers. That's, you know what I mean? Like yeah. that's that, right? But when was the last time you went to McDonald's and just got a fucking double cheeseburger with fries and a Coke? It's still great. You know oh, what I yeah. mean? Like that's the thing. You don't eat it all the time, but it's still great. And like, I think that that's when you care about something like we do, like we care, we have things that we care about. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that you still have to remember that the McDonald's burger still rocks. You know what I mean? So like, that's why when someone comes to me and like everyone, well in wrestling, people know I'm, I all Japan is like my favorite. Right. So like I'm a Kenta Gabashi, Misawa, Akira Tao. Like those are my guys, right? That's my Kuma's burger. But if you're going to put on fucking, we're at the Hitman heart versus fucking perfect at fucking SummerSlam 92. Yeah. I'm fucking game every day of the week. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it it's hard because like nowadays with the internet, we have things so fast and we forget about those little things of like waiting to like buy a CD, dude. Like, do you remember like I remember when Vulgar Display of Power got announced and I would go to the record store every day. The guy would tell me, no, it's not <laughs> out for another three months. Yeah. But I would go every day. Hey, Vulgar Display of the Heart come out? No, I didn't. Okay. And I would go home. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> now you can just go on the computer and get Vulgar Display of Power. And I think that, like, I think the internet has kind of, like, cheapened the thrill for us. Because we can, like, we can watch something and immediately rate it. Dude, yeah. you know, bringing it to wrestling, though, um, you know, like, AEW's really helped me slow down, to be honest, because yeah. I had the WWE Network, and I'm watching all my favorite matches, and I'm researching what's the best match, and I'm like, you know, like, best matches of all time, I'm watching all yeah. of them, and I'm, you know, I'm getting New Japan pay-per-views and going through a backlog of Wrestle Kingdoms yeah. or something, and I'm seeing fucking Omega versus Okada, one, two, three, four, five, like, all of these, and yeah. then I watch a weekly show, and I'm like... This fucking sucks. Like, what? <laughs> it's Cause hard because you're because it's yeah. you know you're watching the cream at the top, right? Yeah. Like all of this, but yeah, like AEW slowed me down, and it's like, wait, not every match has to be fucking Omega Okada. It's allowed yeah. to grow. It's allowed to build. It's It'll allowed to do that. But also with the internet and with so many of like even the indies and the a lot of the wild stuff that's happened in wrestling, I feel like people have a hard time even like remembering something like Ric Flair versus Steamboat, the trilogy in 89, like that would not impress a lot of new wrestling fans. I feel like, but if you look at the storytelling and like, I mean, what's really, it's unreal, unreal. Yeah. 
that's that's it's honestly like watching fucking to go back to like Led Zeppelin, like the the I don't think necessarily Robert Plant would be a great singer in any other band. Oh but yeah, for yeah. Led Zeppelin, yeah. it makes fucking sense because that's the voice of Led Zeppelin, right? Yeah, and like you know, at, those dudes had this weird thing where like they spoke a language that only those four could like understand. And that's why it's never happened again. You know what I mean? Like you could take something like that, right? I think that like if you were to show someone who'd never watched wrestling before, right? It's completely weird because wrestling's the one where you have to start with fireworks because you can't show them the slow burn because if you show them the slow burn, they're going to get fucking bored and it is what it is. So like Osprey versus Ricochet, um, Okada versus... Uh, Okada Anybody. Versus, <laughs> oh, I was gonna try to think of like a, a short match, but he always has long matches. Yeah, yeah. Like him versus Naito was only like 38 minutes or something like that. Like that match, like Okada versus Omega One. You know what I mean? Like if we yeah. show, if you show a fan that first, they're gonna go, wait, what the fuck? How are these dudes alive? Yeah. You know what I mean? Then you go, all right. You know, you keep showing them matches keep showing them matches and you almost have to take things away to like get them to understand ricky steamboat versus rick flair and then once they do like i did it with my girlfriend and the first thing i showed there was will osprey versus ricochet and it's like the most insane thing ever it's like Dude. mission impossible yeah. one through fucking 19 or whatever they're at <laughs> right now yeah it's it's the entire marvel cinematic universe in a match i mean like what is happening <laughs> yeah. dude like like they are superheroes and I, I at work I, I talk about wrestling a lot and a couple yeah. of my coworkers are metal fans, so I was like, dude, I'm like interviewing I'll be talking to Andy Williams today and they're like, yeah. Oh, awesome. I'm like, dude, you gotta watch wrestling, man. Cause they were like, yeah. We're gonna talk to him about every time I die. I'm like, we're probably gonna talk a lot about wrestling, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, like, I would love to talk every time I die, but it's like wrestling, man, like it's so good. And so I was like, dude, well, I didn't do it today, but like recently I showed a couple of my coworkers um, it was the um, Osprey Ricochet match for like a what culture show where the top yeah. rope breaks. Have you yep. seen that? match? It's oh, wild yeah. because what's funny is you just took away their their kind of big ticket. Right. <laughs> but they, it doesn't, they dude, it doesn't matter. No, no, no. Because they're that good and it's never boring. And it's it's the constant reversal thing. They do it for like two minutes. Yeah. They're just like reversing yeah. how these guys never blow up. I have no idea. But it's just like. Yeah. It's insane, and my like my coworkers were like, "This is wrestling," and I'm like, "Yeah, dude, it's fucking awesome." And now, like, they have a whole new appreciation because um, yeah. as soon as the as soon as the pandemic's done, I've already set it up. I'm like, we're having a wrestling party. I'm showing you like at least a pay per views worth of matches, and I'm cherry picking like ones <laughs> yeah. that you will love because it's the deconstruction. It's what you're talking about. If you can get Absolutely. them in in like a great match that's contemporary, that will appeal to just an average person, but that still yep. has the psychology, that has all of the, the show, all the all of that, right? And then you can start deconstructing. I did the same with music, man. I mean, um, you know, had I not listened to certain bands that were what I might consider gateway, and then hearing that sound in other bands that were people were telling me were better, you know, like when Absolutely. I first started listening to even you guys, back like Last Night in Town was my first introduction yeah. to you guys. So like even with that, like, I wouldn't have liked Bane then. Like, that was just not, 
where I was at that time in my mm-hmm. life. You know, like Bane would not have been. And, it, and this isn't a knock on Bane, but like, again, like Bane is that Ric Flair, Ricky Steamboat match. Dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, the music seems dumbed down. And I'm using that in very in quotations because the music wasn't dumbed down. Not at all. They were great. It's just a different form of what it is. It's seriously like Mandy, like watching Mandy and then watching a Mandy Moore movie. <laughs> I mean, that literally is like the exact thing where it's like awesome. you have a drug filled thing and then you have something that's like completely fabricatedly made. It's like watching a Hallmark movie and watching like a movie that isn't a Hallmark movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I get it, man. You know, we. <laughs> Dude, uh, now you can chastise me all you want, and Joe, I'm sure you've seen Mandy. I haven't seen that yet. I keep forgetting about that movie. Dude, I have no, to I see that. I haven't seen it either. You, yeah, you guys, what no. are you doing? Yo, can I, I you do this? <laughs> just because I'm having a good time. Just because I'm having a good time. Can you guys please watch Mandy, and then we can do a podcast yeah. after? Yeah. yeah. I can do a yeah. whole podcast on Mandy. If, Dude, I... Let's do don't it next say week, it. Man. Don't yeah. We'll do don't say week. it because I'll straight up. I'm in a hotel. You. I'm in a hotel for eleven days. So <laughs> let's go, dude. I, date, I will. I'll, I will hit you up. Tonight. Yeah, I will yeah. hit you up because I I, I, I keep wanting to see it, but then I forget about it, and 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 do I me, have to get into it. Do me a favor though. When you watch it, make sure it's dark and just the TV's on, and like, like live it, dude. It's like that Panos dude is like if I could have a muse visually, that's it. You know what I mean? And like with the Butcher and Blade, like that's when we started it, that movie was like the biggest like inspiration we had. That's what I and heard. It's just, yeah, it's it dude, it's beautiful, man. And the way that dude films things is just you gotta pay attention to literally everything on the screen. And I think that's like a very important thing. Like I like in wrestling, I think about that all the time where it's like what's happening over here could be something important that's happening for here. You know what I mean? Yes. And Pana is like really good with that. Like in wrestling, like when we did us, me versus Mox, and this is like, hopefully not ruining kayfabe or whatever, like the image of me popping up behind him, we knew was going to be like the thing people remembered the most. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we had a 17 minute match after that. Yeah. So like, but we knew that image was going to be really popular. You know what I yeah. mean? And like, and that's, it's, it's crazy to me when you like Luke Harper, right. Or sorry, Brody Lee in, in, uh, AEW. Like I never realized how great he was until I was around him all the time. I knew he was great. I knew he was a great wrestler, but people would tell me about, seeing him and how he acts and how he puts his match together and, and stuff, stuff like that. Dude, it's genius level, man. Yeah. 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 I it's, never, it's genius level. Yeah. I, I never, know. I never knew he was, I'll pass it on to you, Joe, in just a second. Yeah, yeah. I just want to say this one thing real quick. Uh, I keep stealing it from Joe. I feel like, but um, <laughs> like, you know, I knew Luke Harper had something like you see Super him and smart. it's like, dude has it. Yeah. But I couldn't Super figure smart. out why it wasn't there until yeah. I started seeing some of his work in AEW. Do you know what I mean? He's unreal, man. He's unreal. Joe, go ahead. Sorry, man. Yeah, no, I I was going to mention, you know, you talk about genius 
And you know, and, and you took it back to Mandy too. Um, with and you were saying you had to you have to watch everything in the frame, um, and t- and talking about trying to introduce non wrestling fans to wrestling. I after I saw WrestleMania last year, I went berserk about the Firefly Funhouse match. Yeah, and I said that was brilliant. I was like, that was so brilliant. That was so genius. And I'm trying to tell all my friends to watch it, and they're all like, what? You know, and even I've got even a younger friend who likes wrestling. who's like, "Oh, the Boneyard match." I was like, "No, screw that! Watch the Firefly Funhouse match." <laughs> yeah, I was like, "That number one goes back 30, 35 years." Yeah. Like, I've, I've been, you know, I've been watching wrestling that long. You know, yeah. I I watched you know the the Crockett stuff live on TBS. You know, in the eighties, and Bam. you know, and I was watching them both right, and I caught so many of the references like people didn't catch. Yeah, and. And the one thing that the one thing that, that made me pop more than any anything else in that was what the Saturday night's main event um, oh. segment. They played the obsession opening theme and not the gen, the more generic one yes. or the original one they play on the network now. Yeah, and I was like, well, the, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> the the genius part about that uh-huh. is that like all they wanted to do was entertain people. Yes, and it wasn't it 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 wasn't supposed to be a wrestling match it was supposed to be entertainment and like i think that's totally fine i think that like even if you can't respect that and you're like a diehard fucking like oh man luthes would be rolling in his grave and it was like well also luthes wrestled when like there were only two colors on the tv it was black (laughs) and white (laughs) yeah you know what i mean like uh uh-huh he didn't yeah. have any of the resources we have. And if he was that great, he would have, he would have still been great today. You know what I mean? Like, and he would, he would use that. But anytime people say stuff like that, like, Oh man, this guy would be rolling his grave. And it's like, right. well, you know, at that point in time, like he, he didn't have any of the resources we have. You know what I mean? Yeah. There was tape. There was tape in that thing, dude. Like, yeah. Yeah. He was using a reel to reel, you know what I mean? That was film that they were they were wrestling. Uh-huh. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, uh-huh. there was well, no and, I, and yeah, and well, and I told my friend who was a horror movie fan, I was like, watch this, and the fiend, Bray Wyatt in this is Freddy Krueger. Yeah. Like he like this is a dream world, and he's yeah. Freddy Krueger controlling, so he's like manipulating John Cena. I was like, and he's revealing that John Cena's been a bad guy the whole like his whole career. You know, yeah. and I'm like, just all those little touches. I was like, that's badass. I was like, I love yeah. that so much. <laughs> and and then and then of course to, to bring it all the way around, what it what it also kind of underscores is how much you know someone like Luke Harper was wasted in WWE yeah. comes down to it. You know, they he had, they had so many chances with him to reinvent him. And they oh. reinvented him and re- and then and then he comes to AEW and boom, he's this top like this top just brilliant guy. You Genius. know. With, yeah, it was just amazing. I I couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> He's a genius, man. He's a fucking yeah. genius. Yeah. He, yeah. It was. Go ahead. I'm all about entertaining. You know what I mean? Like that's, yeah. and especially right now, man. Like, you know, we like no one can do anything. Mm-hmm. So like, why not go over the top? Like, you know what I mean? Like, if if you strike out, you strike yeah. out. Like, it's not a big deal. But you went for the you went for a home run to make people happy. Yeah. And like, I think that like that again to go back to the internet like. People like boohooing things before they like building things up. So, like, you know what I mean? And I, oh, yeah. for me, I try not to boohoo anything anymore. I, I try to subjectively do everything. You know what I mean? If I'm going to listen to music, if someone 
hands me music and they say, you should listen to this. I'm going to go, you know what? Fuck, what do I have to lose? I'm going to listen to it. I'm not going to gripe about it. I'm not going to go. If it, like, okay, Sonny Kiss, huge Limp Biscuit fan. <laughs> Andy Williams, not a huge Limp Biscuit fan. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I told Sonny, I was like, hey, like, Limp Biscuit just announced they're playing in Jacksonville next year in 2021. So, if we're still in Jacksonville wrestling, I'm going to let's go to this thing. I want you to. I want you to turn me around on this Limp Bizkit thing. You know what I mean? Like, maybe I'm just missing out because I haven't seen it live or, you know what I mean? Like, something yeah. like that. I don't know. But, like, at 43 <laughs> years old, man, I don't I don't need to be a negative prick because there's too many of those. Right. So, like, I'll be the positive dude and be like, you know what? Sure, let's go. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, not yeah. my thing, but I'll go check it out because someone I care about likes it and i'm willing to do that you know what i mean i think that like as lame as it is like the thing that's going to change is is literally just accepting other people's things and being like they're different that's a different person than i am and like the only person that i can like talk anything about is my my sister who grew up in the same household as me and if we she liked limp biscuit and i didn't like him biscuit okay like I'm obviously going to be like, I hate Limp Bizkit because my girl, my, <laughs> my, my, my sister doesn't like it or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, because yeah. like, I would love to know what that person, what yeah. they were going through when they were listening to it. And like why Limp Bizkit was like the thing they chose. You know what I mean? Like yeah, there has yeah. to be something because like King Crimson to me is like the greatest band of all time. And I could give you a million reasons why. Totally different band, but again, visually, when I listen to it, I visually see things that I want to see. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's it. So, like, I'm on this new kick where it's like, like if someone tells me to see a movie, I've never seen a Fast and the Furious movie. I've never seen any of them. I've never oh. seen one through ten or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. I you haven't I mean? either, Andy. So maybe that should be another I, thing we do together is watch them. And- <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. My goal, my goal through the 11, these 11 days is because I'm in this hotel room, like I wrestle, come right back to it, is I'm going to try to, I've seen every Coen brother movie, but I want to see every Coen brother movie right now where I am in life. And I want to see if Blood Simple can like, because I, I remember watching Blood Simple when I was a kid and it made no sense. Yeah. Right. So now at 43, maybe Blood Simple will make sense. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And yeah, like, yeah. I want to do it from the beginning. Raising Arizona is like top three of all time for me. Oh, it's like, so it's fun. Yeah, the yeah. perfect movie. Yeah. You know, so like, I just have been on this Coen Brothers kick, and I want to like, I want to start from the beginning, and I have 11 days to do it. So like, I have a lot of time <laughs> to watch Coen Brothers. I, you know, I'm yeah. getting so many ideas right now, Andy. This is. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> this is Let's the make thing. you a recurring guest, man. I, mean, I, I would love yeah. that, man. Is, I love. I I could talk movies all day, man. Yeah, it, is right. is Jesse in the movies too? The Blade, big time, huge, huge. I'm, I I I lost my mind um, watching that the podcast. Uh, Austin and I just were did our for October did our favorite scary movies. Yeah, and yeah. my number two was The Descent. Oh. And and you said it. I mean, I literally I'll show you the the text I sent him as. Uh, hopefully, hopefully it comes through. Yeah. Uh, as as he, I don't know. Can you guys see that? 
he repped yeah, yeah. motherfucking descent. <laughs> yeah. The text says he repped huh? motherfucking descent. That's yeah. Dude, I, that movie fucked me up, man. Right, yeah, dude. But oh, what's yeah. so fucking killer about it? I think is the first hour. I just rewatched it with my wife because she'd never seen it. The first yeah. hour is so intense, and nothing really like horror specific, like genre specific no. happens. Yeah, no, they're no. just fucking crawling through caves, dude. and it's terrifying. And then on top of that, off, you get dude. the fucking mo- <laughs> you get the monsters. <laughs> what about your shirt off? What? I had, dude. I was so I was sweating so bad watching that movie at the theater yeah. that I popped. I literally took my shirt off and was just wow. sitting there with my shirt off, sweating. Uh-huh. <laughs> I like that movie fucking killed me, man. Yeah, yeah. And I love it. Like it's uh-huh. one of my. That's probably my like. I would say it's probably one of my favorite horror movies. But like yeah, because I was so uncomfortable. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. that's I, crazy. Go ahead, Joe. I I, I watch um, horror movies with my daughter. She's twelve. Yeah. And I showed her the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and as soon as as soon as it was over, she just looked at me and said, "Dad, that wasn't even scary." And I was like, "Really?" I was like, yeah. "Well, we're gonna watch The Descent." And so it was about a week later, and I was talking <laughs> trash to her the whole week. And I was like, "You think you're you think you're Miss Big Girl?" I was like, "We're gonna watch The Descent." She's like twelve, and, uh, Andy. By the way, yeah, she's twelve <laughs> years old. Yeah, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, not doing it for her. Right, and. And we go through, you know, the first hour comes and goes, and she's like, like about half hour in, she's like, Dad, I thought this was scary. When's something scary going to happen? I was like, just wait, just wait. And she kept, you know, she kept talking trash. They get into the cave, and she's still talking. I was like, you're you're almost there. And then that, and then when the lady gets stuck, yeah, and and she's starting to get uncomfortable. And then the creatures show up. She she looks at me and yells, "Just Dad, turn it off, please, turn it off, turn it off." Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love and, and it. I th- I, I paused it. And I said, "Do you want me to turn it off? I'll I'll really turn it off." I was like, "But we probably need to see what happens all the way through." And she's like, "All right, let's finish watching it." <laughs> and, and she's gone so on to show sketchy. her friends now, you know. And I was just like, and, and she even had to say, "Dad, you're the king of the horror movies," and yeah. you know because <laughs> just because. So it's like that's my favorite, and I'm like, it. My I mean, I had to put Halloween at number one for my favorite horror movie, um, but I was like. It's it might be one in one a now you know because oh, dude it's so good yeah it was and it's so it's just brutal and merciless and the story is fucked up yeah yeah overall the story is screwy man yeah like, it, yeah and and it's you know it's so much just about this trauma right like like this woman's been through all this trauma and it's like you're not quite you think you're at rock bottom but oh. you know it you're not you know yeah, and it's like yeah, that, to me, yeah to me it's like <laughs> Yo, let me bring up you're, you're the movie. I because the same kind of uncomfortableness I had in a movie that came out not that long ago was Uncut Gems. Yes. Where like yes. that movie, like the exhilaration of gambling is that movie. Like, like oh, yeah. he really nailed it. Where like anytime you put money into a machine or hand money to a blackjack dealer and you start getting on that roll, your brain starts talking to you. And that motherfucker doubles down like 10 times <laughs> yes. like in that movie. <laughs> yes. And dude, oh my God. Spoiler alert if anyone hasn't seen it. But like when he goes back to the apartment and like they keep showing the bathtub, I was like, holy fuck, this girl killed herself. <laughs> yeah, because dude. Because he's a fucking prick. Now he has to deal with that. What? Yeah. You know, <laughs> I mean, like, and I mean, he, 
yeah, uh, um, LAX was watching that movie on his and I could see his body motion. I could see what he was doing. He was going like this. He's like rocking back <laughs> and forth. And he's watching it. And I was like, I went like that, like to take his headphones. And he took his headphones. I was like, you're watching Uncut Gems, aren't you? And he goes, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I knew what he was watching because of how Uncut Dude, he was sweating. His head was sweating. Yeah. He was sweating. And he's uh-huh. rocking back and forth. Then he just got up and took a walk. <laughs> he, got, he put it down and took a walk. Yeah. And I was like, He's so stressed out right now. Perfect. Dude, that movie is so stressful. Yeah, yeah it's, very, it's exhausting. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I have you just a quick thing, because I'm going to bring a Bane situation back. Did you see yeah. The Irishman? Oh, yeah. Okay. I was asked this question by Bedard and said I was fucking up, because at that time I hadn't seen The Irishman. I watched it immediately after our conversation. Yeah. But their question to me, and I'm passing it to you, which was better last year, The Irishman or Uncut Gems? Uncut Gems. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah, I think so, too. I I, I I like The Irishman. I like The Irishman. The problem with The Irishman, I had to watch it in two takes. I had to watch it. like I had to go back, rewind a little bit, and then watch the second half of it. Because it's just so long, and there's parts that just drag. And it, like... Scorsese sometimes has those drag moments and they mean something. So like, I didn't want to like lose that meaning. Sure. Am I still here? Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah you're good. Just did. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I like, I need to go back and watch, I need to go back and just watch the Irishman like another time too. Cause it like came out and I remember like I had gassed myself up so much for that movie. Like, Oh man, it's coming out tomorrow. Oh, and I like made my girlfriend like sit with me and watch it. You know what I mean? Like we uh-huh. it was a day. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Where we like did it. And I remember like watching it and then like it I got to a point where I was like, I have to go to bed. Like I'm yeah. I've been watching this movie for like twelve hours. Right. I know yeah. it wasn't that long, but like right. it felt like that. I like it. And I hate that because I wanted to love it, love it, love it. And like when I left, I had to watch it in two times. You know, I I just couldn't sit for four hours and watch it. Yeah, yeah. I, I I the problem is like even having seen The Irishman, I appreciate them both for completely different reasons. So I still I still can't yeah. one for one make that choice which one yeah. I like better. You know? Yeah. <laughs> but Uncut yeah. Gems, dude, to to make your point, because because uh, the vocalist for Bane Bedard was was yeah. the Irishman hesitantly while Zach and James gave him so much shit because they thought Uncut yeah. Gems was the one. But I will say this about Uncut Gems since we were talking about it. Um, you know, uh, the Safdie brothers did with Adam Sandler what Paul Thomas Anderson was able to do with them in Punch Drunk Love where you take him yeah. out of this, this place that we typically think of him as being in, yep. and you put him in a new place. Now, now both of those movies even, Punch Drunk Love and Uncut Gems are very different. Awesome. But I mean, like, man... How good is he in that? And how Dude. good is the direction to the point of like, how can't you be sweaty watching that? You know, <laughs> like, like it's I'm unreal. Yeah. I felt I do, like I, I needed to like smoke movie. a cigarette afterwards, you know? <laughs> yes. Dude, I get, I, I, that movie stresses me out so much. And like, it's, it's almost like criminal that he didn't even get acknowledged by the Academy Awards. Like, didn't even, he wasn't even on the fucking list, man. Like, yeah. that was a shit on him. And, like, again, like I said, like, there's the Kuma's Burger, and then there's QB, 
Hollywood or a ha- Halloween or whatever the fuck that QB <laughs> Halloween movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I think it's just Sandler wanting to have fun. Yeah. And like, we, I just recently watched Funny People again. Mm-hmm. He's he's so good at making fun of himself, but in a serious manner. That movie is so dark, dude. Like so dark. Oh, yeah. Very, Funny very, People yeah. is so fucking dark, man. And it's such a good movie. And that's another movie that like I feel like because it's long. It kind of goes over people's heads, but yeah. he's so great in that movie. Like he is so good at it because he knows both sides of it. And like, you almost kind of get the first glimpse of like real Adam Sandler in that movie where like he kind of probably is depressed that like he can't make those dumb movies anymore. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, absolutely. But then again, he's probably sleeping in like piles of money. So like, <laughs> yeah, you know it, kinda, I mean? it might even out somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Austin, you know where I want to go? I want to go um, off. Uh, I want to. I want to ask about funny games. Have you seen Funny Games? Absolutely. Uh, we, funny Games is amazing. We, we spent almost an hour talking about that um, um, in one of our previous podcasts, and I, um, I saw. Now I saw the original yeah. on IFC in the middle of the night by accident i turned on the tv i was having you know i couldn't sleep i turned the tv on and literally it's like the opening credits of funny games and i'm like what the hell is this yeah and i sat and watched the entire it was on a work night you know i had to be up at at seven o'clock you know and i'm watching i'm like what the hell is this yeah that movie is messed up awesome (laughs) so the rewind scene every time i watch it with someone that's never seen it that like rewind scene everyone's like the fuck just happened Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Dude, yeah, I, well, like, I was, I was let it pissed. Go. Let it happen. Yeah. 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 And, and, and so just a quick recap for you, Andy. We did a top 15. We had three episodes in October that we yeah. did. So we did a five for each. We had a top 15 favorite horror movies. And I believe Funny Games was my number, I don't remember now, seven or something. Yeah, somewhere somewhere like that. in the middle. Yeah. I love this movie. And, and when so I good. first saw it, though, I was fucking pissed. Because yeah. when they do the rewind, I literally got mad and sat yeah. forward on my seat and was like, fuck you guys. Like, I was so right, yeah, mad. Yeah. That's the point, though. Like, uh-huh. I love that this movie fucks with you on purpose to make you think about the subtext that's happening or to just turn it the fuck off. You know, like, yeah. you know, I'm sure some people just right. see that and they're like, fuck this and shut it off. And like, uh, you know, I've heard you mention the strangers and I, I, I sometimes yeah. draw parallels to them in terms of that kind of home invasion. They're very different. Um, but I think someone who likes funny games might like the strangers, but not everyone who likes the strangers will like funny no. games. Do you know what I mean? No, 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 no. I know exactly what you mean. Like that's, it's funny because I think I like the, like there's more character in the strangers, but there's more like, there's more characters in the stranger, but there's more character in funny people. Yes. Like the two boys are like so over the top and so fucking weird that like, you know, something is going to happen. Yeah. It's not like that we're strangers. Like the inevitable is, is going to happen. You know yeah. what I mean? Like anything could really happen. This, it's just like, are they going to like clean these people's house? Are they like nice boys? <laughs> right. They, they just like... want eggs. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, it could go anywhere, you know? Yeah. So, so to, uh, begin, begin the wind down here, uh, for this episode, Andy, why don't, do you have any, if you had to promote or, or encourage people to watch, 
uh, a movie or or to really look into filmmakers? Like you mentioned, the Coen Brothers or something. What yeah. what are some things that you would push for people to uh, watch as we have left Horror Month now? We're going into November, which whatever that is. But <laughs> you know, uh, what, what what would you say? Um, I, like for me, I I, I can't say enough about Mandy. I honestly think that movie is like it's Nicolas Cage and his complete absolute insanity and he found the right director to not make it look like a joke. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like obviously like we all know Nick Cage loves saying uh he likes he he doesn't like saying uh no. He'll say yes to anything, right? He'll do any type of movie. But Mandy for some reason, man, he like he struck out because Panos knew how to like make his crazy make sense within this crazy story. It's like, have you seen Hobo with a Shotgun? Yes. Yes. Okay. So like the absurdity of Hobo with a Shotgun, like take that, take the absurdity of that and the trauma-ness of that, take the trauma-ness away and add like artist genius directing. So, like, imagine, like, a trauma movie led by, like, Alejandro Jaworski. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. something uh-huh. like that, where it's, like, this story of, like, it's just a love story. It's a beautiful love story. And if you can see it as a beautiful love story, it's only going to be that much better for you. And if you like visuals and you like sounds and, like, it's just... It's such a beautiful movie. It's so pretty. And it like for me, like it's me and my girlfriend's movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like I know that like we can watch together and like we have the same experience every single time. You know what I mean? Like I think I love her more every single time I see it because <laughs> you know, there I don't want to give anything away, but I, I really, really want you guys to watch it and then have me back on so we can talk Mandy because I think we can talk the, the entire time about Mandy. We'll do we'll do uh, a, whole, a whole segment, man. Because I'll say yeah. this just to back up your point: you have yeah. uh, if you if anybody were to listen to this, and I don't want anybody to ruin Mandy. If you haven't seen it, watch it along with us because Joe and I are serious. Please. We're gonna watch yeah, well, it. Gonna have to. But if you yeah. Google Mandy and click images, uh, I haven't yeah. done that, but I've seen so many images from it. I guarantee they'll pop up. Every one of them is awesome, dude. Like it dude, looks so cool. I hit that Panos dude up and just literally in a chance, like it's that one in a million thing. I just said, it was like, Hey, I'm a pro wrestler. I play in this band. If you ever need music help, if you never need anything, you need a scary looking shitty person. Like (laughs) here I am. Like it sent him pictures, sent him pictures of like how we've used like the Mandy, like scenery in our promo pictures and our promos and like stuff like that. I never heard anything back, but in the chance that Panos would be like, actually, you know what? I'm writing something right now, and like, you might be cool for this. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. But hey, yeah, maybe, maybe would... he'll make a movie where he the people go into a club, and you can get every time I die in there. You know, <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. yeah, and I somehow like get killed or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would say that. I would definitely say Big Lebowski for people like. I have a friend who has every single thing that's like focused in that movie in a piece of art so his entire living room has like the iron lung 
the receipt. Oh, wow. That's awesome. The dude. Yeah. Uh, the drifter. It's such, I think that movie is like, I think that movie is so important because I think that it, and this is, I, I've described this before, but I think, I think Big Lebowski actually would be a better metaphor for the metaphor that I was using. And I hope you guys get this. And I think you guys will understand this, that today in 2020, there's two types of people. There's people who understand the movie High Fidelity and there's people who don't understand the movie High Fidelity. <laughs> And if you're on the road of like understanding high fidelity, you're going to have cool kids. You're going to have great friends. You're going to have a great life, regardless of how much money you have. There's, you're always going to see the bigger picture. And then the people who don't get high fidelity, they don't understand the big picture. Yeah. And it's those people who are going to constantly be scrambling for whatever's next and stuff like that. I think big Lebowski is a little more, fitted for that metaphor because if you understand the big Lebowski like life is great man like that you know what I mean like (laughs) yeah because you choose to see the shittiness and it and if you choose to dwell on the shittiness you're over here and if you choose to not dwell on the shittiness like something that only happens in your life in your little bubble is shitty I don't really care if someone votes for someone else that I'm not voting for, I don't care. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Cause it's the way I choose my life is my little bubble. And I have, I have two dogs. I have Zelda. I have Terry Funk. I literally have a dog named Terry Funk. <laughs> and my beautiful girlfriend, Hannah. Uh-huh. And inside of that bubble with my friends, we're all big Lebowski fans. We don't deal with, not big Lebowski fans. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's just one of those things when like, when he says the dude abides, like that's a thing that like I wear on my chest instead of not saying that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. And I, I think it's like, that's a very important movie. And I, I think that if like, there's a young kid at home that's like fucked up in his head and he doesn't understand where he fits in, and if he sees the big Lebowski, he's going to understand that it doesn't matter what group you're in because you're you and that's the coolest thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm a huge Posse guy. So like I can dude. rant all day about positivity. Dude, <laughs> po- yeah, like, Posse core like, all the way. Dude. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's the best thing in the world. So dude, I'll say something about, yeah. um, uh, the big Lebowski. Uh, one, it's one of my wife's favorite movie. I love the Coen brothers and that movie, but it's one of my yeah. wife's favorite movies. She has a sticker that says the dude about, or it might just say abides, but it has a picture of the dude. Either way, it's that, yeah. that idea. And because the election is, is, uh, wrapping up today. So for any listeners, we're actually recording this on, yeah. uh, on election day, but, uh, that's our plan tonight is to watch the big Lebowski. So she's not just oh, on yeah. her phone stressing out about, yeah. And it kind of ties into your point. Um, But also I took a, when I was studying, you know, I was studying film in school. It was uh, the, my degree was focusing on like digital storytelling and different things like that. But I was focusing on film and I took a film noir class. And one of the movies we talked about actually was the big Lebowski, because if you going back to your, write this out on paper, what is this doing? This could, yeah. if you take out the humor, this could be a badass neo noir. Like this could be yes. just as yeah. good as any other mystery thriller or whatever. But yeah. the Coen Brothers, which most of their movies have some level of noir in it, but you know, like 
you could totally mold that into a serious movie, but because they so expertly fit in this like humor that comes yeah. with the characters, I'm a really big fan of instead of being on the nose with humor, attach your humor to characters and allow them to just be funny, but take your yeah. story seriously. And that's exactly what they do. And dude, I think it is criminally underrated as a great as great American cinema and is treated like some sort of like pop culture. Like we're going to yeah. make hot topic shirts and sell them. Nothing against that, but I'm just saying like, you know, it's, it's, it's more than just a pop culture thing. You know what I mean? Like that is a great movie. I'm so glad you brought it up. Yeah. 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 And I, I, I think that's a, a very important movie. It just in general, I think it's a, the third one. I, I mean, not that we're putting numbers on this, but I think everyone should sit and watch Apocalypse Now. Yeah. And I, I know that, like, I picked three movies that are pretty existential, but that really is, like, there's a point in time when, like, everyone in that movie switches roles. Yeah. They're good and they're bad. Yeah. And, like, the whole movie is just this. And, like, finally at the end, he has to make that decision. He makes that decision. And it's his getaway is, like, one of the coolest scenes of all time and i know that that animal got like slaughtered or whatever yeah. like that but like everything is so fucking important the last like five minutes of that movie are so pretty and it's so fucked but like he finally saw like true freedom and he needed to kill kurtz to get that like freedom out and then he was in a whole other bag of situations you know what I mean? From yeah. then on. They could have made a whole second movie about. Absolutely. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, that movie is like, it's so insanely, uh, that movie's so good. Yeah. I, I adore it. And and I remember um, I had only seen the Redux, like the extended yeah. version. And then in uh, one of my classes in undergrad, we saw the theatrical cut just for this so it yeah. could fit in the class time. You know, yeah. um, and I actually prefer the theatrical cut, though I do love the Rita. I was going to ask if you did. Yeah. It, I, 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 man, that theatrical cut is so good, and and I, I totally so respect good. Coppola's vision to have this extended thing, and I love it for its own thing. But the theatrical one's so tight, like what yeah. a tight movie, and it has all of those things. Man, I am like so on your bus with that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to take a minute just so we fit this in real quick. Um, you know, uh, we're gonna we're gonna post this as bonus content on Thursday, so we can get this in before okay. full gear. And um, you know, AEW this Saturday, November seventh, is doing full <laughs> gear, which is going to be uh, super awesome. I can't wait to see it. If anybody's listening to this, whether you are a wrestling fan or not, but you want to see, uh, I'm some... telling you, Go I'm ahead. telling you right now. Just, I mean, we could talk about that entire card, but I'm telling I'm telling you right now, and I'm not saying it because he's one of my best friends here. Dude, Eddie versus fucking Moxley is going to be fucking awesome. It's going to be one of the matches of the year. It's a it's about time that Eddie got the Eddie got the push that he he deserved. I mean, that motherfucker has been grinding for twenty years, man. Yeah, and like he's been great for twenty fucking years, dude. Yeah, he it wasn't like Eddie Kingston just got good in two thousand twenty two, man, or two thousand twenty. Sorry, um, <laughs> time flies. Fucking, he'll be great in two thousand twenty two, also, but. Dude, he's so fucking good. And that very first promo that he cut when he came in against Cody. Yeah. The, the reality in that, mm -hmm. like if anyone knows what was happening behind the scenes in that dude's life, the reality mm -hmm. in that fucking promo 
like, dude, and I'm not saying it because he's one of my bosses, but like Eddie, Eddie encompassed everything that Dusty Rhodes was with that <laughs> promo against his son, which I yeah. thought was genius on Eddie's part. Yeah. Because to go back to film, Eddie yeah. is Eddie with his promos. He's, he's so fucking smart when it comes to talking to a crowd and telling a story. There's no way that this John Moxley match with Eddie Kingston isn't going to be considered one of the matches of the year. I fucking, yeah. I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. And not to, like, dude, Hangman versus fucking Kenny Omega. Oh, oh my God. I'm so excited. Cannot wait for that, man. Dude, uh-huh. get the fuck out of here. Man. <laughs> <laughs> that match right? is going to be fucking bananas. And like, it's, it's, it's crazy that, I mean, I, I don't think I need to talk up Eddie and John. I definitely don't need to tell you that Hangman and fucking Kenny isn't going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then to top it off, you have, I, and it's funny because FTR comes in and they're in the spot and this is like part character. So, you know, they came into, into, uh, AEW and the only titles they've held are two titles. They've only held two titles. Mm-hmm. You're going like the FTR is going against the greatest tag team that ever has been, and I don't care. I'll, I'll I will fucking. I'm, I, the only reason why I know it is I, I started working very closely with Buck right around the time um, the Jordan documentary on ESPN was coming out. Yeah, so I was I like that. watching. I was watching that, and I was working hand to hand with the Bucks. Like, dude, their minds. When it comes to wrestling, I dude, they're Michael Jordan. They know they know yeah. when the, when the crowd's gonna react. They know how the crowd's gonna react. They'll tell you like how much time needs to be like down. It, dude, it's they know wrestling so fucking well. That fucking match is that literally is poetry in motion. Like that is exactly what it is. And I'm telling yeah. you, like. Before Omega Okada, we didn't know that match was going to be the greatest 45-minute match of all time. Right. We knew it was going to be good. We didn't know that was going to happen. And we didn't know we were going to get three of them. So imagine what these fucking teams are going to do with the first time they're touching. They haven't touched each other in this story. They haven't haven't put their hands on each other until they hurt Matt's leg. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So now going into it, it... like literally, I'm not, like I get emotional a lot about wrestling because I love it so much. Mm-hmm. And I mean, numer- there's been numerous times in AEW where like I'm watching the screen backstage and I'm like teared up because yeah. I know how great this is. Yeah. You know what I mean? And now yeah, like yeah. being a part of it, mm-hmm. I think that full gear is going to be one of the most important pay per views in the history of wrestling. I think it's going to be a big. I think it's going to be a really big deal. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be. We're going to get some like insane matches in a time when there's no crowd. So like just to give you some perspective of how hard it is to wrestle without a crowd, like, you know how much time you have by where the crowd reaction is. So like, if you know, you have a guy selling and the crowd's fucking going like this, you don't have to do anything. Just let the guy sell without that crowd. You're going over there and you're grabbing the dude and you're rushing. And you know what I mean? Like there's no timing. Yeah. You have to kind of like have it here you know in you yeah to understand like 
people are watching at home. Yeah, I and also like, also with that one of the hardships has to be like not blowing up because as a as a musician, and I can oh, relate dude, to you. Tough. If there's no one there when you That's play, so hard. it's so hard to get into it the same way you would when you're playing yeah. with a band that you really love and you're in front of 1,200 people. Uh, oh, the energy and everything. It's easy. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. easy. You know, I was when when I was playing, I was I was 34, I think, when the band or 33 yeah. when the band my last band broke up. And like when we would play something like with Norma Jean or one of those bands coming through, like I'm 34, I'm out of shape as fuck. Okay. Yeah. Like I am I should not be jumping around and things. Yeah. But man, when that adrenaline's there, easiest thing I've oh. ever done. Easy. Yeah. But when you're in front of, you know, five people and your band's mentality is we're going to play like we're in front of 1200. That's fucking work, dude. And so (laughs) with wrestling, I can't imagine how difficult that's been for you guys. Like, I want to keep talking about full gear, but like, is that, is that how it is? I mean, is it so hard to not be in front of people? That Moxley match was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Straight up 17 minutes Mm -hmm. of beating the shit out of a dude. Yeah. It's so hard. Dude, you and were it, throwing it, him around. <laughs> dude, and it, it was it was ninety-six degrees out. So Fuck, like I always yeah, forget yeah. about that. Yeah. So like it's dude, it 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 was the hardest thing I've ever done. It was a hard I mean for him it probably wasn't that hard, but like for yeah. me, I that was like man. So like it's tough, dude. It's what? tough. Just a quick thing with that though. Just, just again, because I, I could talk to you for hours and hours about all of yeah, these things, I'm sure, but um, what was the, I mean, like, how did that come to be, man? I, I mean, I know we're going to, we're going to kind of see behind the curtain here, but dude, like, I mean, how excited and hyped were you when they're like, dude, we're going to put the monster. Cause what I think's funny, just real quick is like, yeah. if you were in WWE, you might be like a moderately sized guy in comparison to yeah. a lot of those guys. At AEW, you're a fucking bull, dude. Like, you're a monster. And and I mean that as a compliment. Like, I don't see that as a problem. I don't care. But it's like, like, you're huge. So I love seeing you come in behind that image you were talking about behind him. And you're just, you're the monster, right? And he's the victim. He's the um, not helpless prey. He's the very skilled prey, (laughs) you know. But what was it like just being able to throw the champ around? (laughs) Like, dude, you're just tossing him. I mean... It goes, it goes back to that thing I was saying about the Bucks. Like, the reason why Moxley's in the position he's in is because he's John Moxley. Like, that's he's unreal, man. And he's like, I couldn't think of a better person to have hold the title that I'm a part of. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. he respects wrestling so much. He understands it from a visual perspective. Um it's it's little greatness you know and like i again like working with him hand in hand when you're doing that um you see those bright flashes and you see why that dude is who he is Mm -hmm. and like one of the things is giving man he legit like every idea i had he was like oh man i love that yeah let's do that you know what i mean like that type of shit and like where my like excited brain is where I'm like, oh, I'm six years in eh, You know what I mean? <laughs> His, you know, 15 years or 16 years in, mm-hmm. he takes the, he takes this away and he makes it go like this. So he takes the idea and he, he takes away the bullshit and he makes the idea, the idea, you yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. he, he's, he's unreal, man. He's incredible. One, yeah. one thing I want to say while we're talking about him, I want to yeah. see if I can get this in. Um, this, <laughs> 
this is Moxley, my dog. Oh. My dog, Moxley. <laughs> I didn't even know staffy? this dog existed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is that a yeah. staffy? He's a, he's a pit bull mix of some kind. I don't know what he's mixed yeah. with. He's not full. He doesn't have the, you know, the big wide head, but he's, he's got some, some uh, pit in him. I got him from the Humane Society as a puppy. Yeah. And, and uh, um, I was like, what are we going to name him? Like, he's a pit bull. I was like, Moxley. Moxley is yeah. the name. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I wanted to do a wrestler, and I was like, "Mox, it's absolutely Moxie." That's gonna. I be love it. that. It, it's, yeah, <laughs> it's a, it's a great name, and and I want to to get back to full gear real quick, Andy. I want to I want to second your Eddie Kingston thing. You know, I I'll be honest, I had never heard of Eddie Kingston until he came on. Yeah. I knew he was someone because of mm-hmm. the way that yeah. they were pushing him and and all that. Mm-hmm. But when he came out and dropped that that promo on on uh, Dust or uh, Dustin, oh my God, Cody, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> And uh, like when he dropped that dude, and then like everyone since, like right. it's it's man. Just thinking of storytelling, something that I've just studied for so long. Who's mm-hmm. better? I mean, I'm I'm not joking, man. Like when 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 uh, when Penta and Ray fought yep. each other, and he came yeah. in. I, I think it was that one. Either way, they were yep. fighting each other, and he came in. And he was like pushing them off. It's those little things. <laughs> That he knows to yes. do those little things like get just back the fuck up, back the fuck up. You know, he right. doesn't say yeah. fuck on TV, but you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> um, but then the like, other day, he, he kicked he the camera guy out. Su- yeah, that like that. He's so good at those little touches. He goes like this. We that that match when we were like out there, Jesse was wearing a gold necklace and I walked up. I had my gear on and he goes, get a fucking gold necklace. And I was like, why? He's like. He's got a gold necklace on. Why don't you have a gold necklace on? And I was like, all right. And I had to like go find Ricky Starks and go like, you have gold. I need a gold necklace. But it's like, awesome. he sees that little shit. You know what I mean? And like, I remember in a match, like it was on dark somewhere. And I did like, I did like a giant Baba, like knee, like, like I grabbed the dude's head and like drove his head into my yeah. knee or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Eddie went, Baba it's on the outside. <laughs> and it was just like he's just so fucking smart. And like I, I like the fact that he just looks like the every man because yeah, they in wrestling, I mean, dude, like there's dudes Wardlow is a like an actual tank of a human being. Yeah, he looks yeah. like he a only huge gets, motherfucker. <laughs> he only gets more tank like. Every time I see him, he's like got more trap or more fucking dead you know uh, delts he's fucking monstrous you know what i mean Mm -hmm. i like the fact that eddie looks like a dude that you would go to the bar with and like fight alongside with or fight with you know what i mean and i might be the guy that that you vote against to win but he's gonna kick that dude's ass (laughs) yeah oh yeah and it's funny because like me and jesse have always taken this stance of like we don't give a fuck about winning titles we don't really give a fuck about winning we just want every tag team to know that they were in a fight. So at the end of it, instead of walking away from it going like, oh, I'd wrestle those guys again. I want every tag team to be like, we beat them, but like, I never want to get in that wood pepper again. <laughs> Are you guys stiff and, as fuck, dude? <laughs> well, it's not that. It's just a matter of like the appearance of it. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Eddie's the same way where it's just like, fuck, man, you're going to get your sh- you're going to get your fucking head knocked off. Yeah. And all he needs is one shot. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, that's the thing. Like, he just needs one shot. And that's the cool thing about Mox. Mox only is with that dude that only needs one shot. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. Speaking from uh, experience, he only needs <laughs> yeah. one shot. Yeah. So, 
Dude, yeah, yeah. I, I, I can't speak highly enough like you with Eddie. I mean, and again, I've only known him through AEW, but they're building him well, and I can tell that yeah. he's doing that work. I mean, yeah. with with his uh, promos, but even the way that he's being built, he never technically got thrown out of the uh, yeah. of the Rumble, like the Rumble. Uh, Casino Royale thing, yeah. Um, and he never like he never tapped. I mean, that's such a classic, right? Like it's like yeah. the Bret Hart Stone Cold, where Stone Cold WrestleMania 13 never tapped. Yep. I mean, it builds a person. I mean, Eddie Kingston, in my mind, again, only knowing him through AEW, is a fucking bona fide badass. Like that's how totally. I see him, and that's how he's supposed to be. I believe 100. percent And um, but he's like the best part is is that like he's wormy, but he's only wormy because he he thinks he's smart. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you don't think he's smart because he's that fucking New York hood. You know what I mean? Like you think yeah. he's going to be there and he's going to stand there like this, but really he's standing there like this because he knows he's got you somehow. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he's unreal, man. It, yeah. It, it was funny when, when he came and I was just like you, Austin, I didn't know him. I had never heard of him before, but this wasn't like, like classic WWF stuff where it's like, Oh, here's a newcomer. You know, it was like, everyone reacted to him as if he was somebody, you know, yeah. even, you know, from the announcers to, you know, everyone. just like the look on Cody's face and all that stuff. And it, it made such a big difference. And then when he's, you know, and they, and they threw the mic in his hand and said, go talk. Yeah. And man, it took about 10 seconds for me to go. This dude is for real. It's yeah. real. That's, yeah. that's what it is. And that promo, like I said, there's no, there was no more real promo promo than that promo then everything yeah. that was going on in his life at that time and he all out there and that's the reason why this guy is 2020 it's amazing yeah yeah yeah, yeah it's it, i mean dude you know so, someone that i'm a big fan of uh there in terms of with the mic it, i think most i feel like this is just kind of a cliche talking point at this point but is someone as talented as mjf and I thought I thought that dude was just a superhero with the mic. He didn't even have to wrestle. He's going to be a superstar yeah. just talking. I mean, this guy is. I mean, he's a good wrestler. But I'm just saying, like, man, how does some? How old is he? Twenty four. Something. Future like that? millionaire. Future yeah. millionaire. How, how yeah, are you that I say good? I to him every day. Yeah. How, how how are you that good that early? And the only person I saw. And this is nothing against Jericho. Nothing against anyone else. I mean, I, I love all these guys. But Eddie Kingston was the first dude that came in, though. That I was like. If these two start talking to each other, they're very different, but they yeah. are talkers and they're fucking cerebral as shit. Uh, and yeah. that I that's a mind game. Yeah, I, I dude, yeah. I, I really hope it does. But I mean, uh, I, I'm just I'm going to kind of close this up by just saying, please check out Full Gear this Saturday for mm -hmm. AEW. Um, yeah. You uh, I know every time I die has I think if I'm not mistaken has a record just that you guys are sitting yeah. on for the for the sitting moment. Sitting on me in limbo. Um, I'll probably just announce it because I love you guys. So <laughs> like I'll yeah. announce it at some point. But uh, you know we'll we'll keep uh, an eye and an ear to the ground for that. And um, honestly, uh, Andy, we're gonna we're gonna have you back because we're gonna watch Mandy. Yo, and I'm gonna please. hit you up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna hit you up, and we're gonna do this. But for now. Hang tight, and we are going to end this now. Thank you so much, Andy. Awesome. Thank you, Thank so, you much. Guys so much. This was great. What a guy, Andy Williams. What a guy. Uh, listening to that again is just it, 
just fills my heart with so much joy because, uh, you know, he was just just the best. And he talked to us for a while, you know, after. I mean, dude, that so that went on for like an hour and a half, that conversation. And then we turned off, we stopped recording. And the dude talked to us for like another 40 minutes until he just like had to go get dinner. I mean, we had a great time talking to this guy. He is so gracious with his time. He just like, you know, we didn't pay him anything. He just did it. Uh, big thanks to Zach from Bain, who kind of hooked me up with him. But the point is, like, he's just a great dude. So, Andy, I don't expect you to listen, brother. But if you're listening to this, thank you so much. Uh, you're a great guy. Can't wait to see you come back to AEW because he's been gone for a while. So, uh, you know, hopefully you heal up soon, buddy. Um, all that to say, again, next week, Christopher Lloyd from the Film Yap is going to be here. We're going to celebrate Robert De Niro's birthday by talking about Midnight Run and The Deer Hunter as chosen by the listeners. Uh, so hopefully you enjoy that. So stay with us. Again, sorry that this is a day late. Busy times, busy times. But all that to say, next week we're back on track. We'll have Christopher Lloyd here. Until then, everybody, thank you so much. I love you. Good night, good luck, and take it easy.